Welcome to the Functional Medicine Podcast with Dr. McMinn and Coach Lindsay. We're coming to you from McMinn Clinic in Birmingham, Alabama, where Dr. McMinn is an integrative and functional MD, and Lindsay Matthews is a registered nurse and IIN certified health coach. In this podcast, we'll be discussing the latest information on a wide range of topics in the field of functional medicine, which looks for the root cause of disease, and integrative medicine, which incorporates both conventional and alternative therapies. Our overall goal is to help you be the best that you can be in mind, body, and spirit. The following discussion is for educational purposes only and is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease. Please do not apply any of this information without approval from your personal doctor. And now, on to the show with Dr. McMinn and Coach Lindsay. Hello, everybody. This is uh, Dr. McMinn. Welcome to the Functional Medicine Podcast, where we discuss the latest in integrative functional medicine in order to help you be empowered so you can be the best captain of your ship. We're uh, excited to, today to have Coach Lindsay back, and we have a guest with us today as well. Um, and uh, so without further ado, here's Coach Lindsay. Thanks, Dr. McMinn. It is good to be back with our listeners today. And I am very excited about our topic and our guest today because both are very personal to me. So our topic today is one that is estimated to affect over 70 million people worldwide. And it's often a misdiagnosed syndrome. It can take up to five, six, five to six years on average to receive a diagnosis for most of these patients because it's so often misdiagnosed. All right, Coach, well, let's cut the suspense and get right to it. Enough already. So the topic is dysautonomia. Dysauto what? Dysautonomia. Okay. That's a big word, isn't it? <laughs> yes, well, we're sir. going to talk a little bit more about what that means. Uh, but um, actually, we see uh, uh, quite a bit of this in our clinic. Uh, it's a common complaint, uh, and it's a challenging one, I must admit, from the provider point of view and from the patient point of view. Often, these patients come in to us desperate for answers. They're frustrated, and to be honest, uh, it's a complex and unique illness. And, and, you know, what's really tragic about this is a lot of them have been... Um, kind of dismissed. Uh, uh, People tell them it's all in their head or they're malingering or they're lazy or whatever. Uh, And uh, uh, it just, that just really compounds things because they know they're sick and and, uh, they really are sick. It's it's a real disease. Uh, But uh, anyway, um, from a functional medicine point of view, there's no kind of one size fits all approach uh, to address this. And uh, we can apply our functional medicine wisdom and try to get to the root cause of it and find a clearer path for recovery and health for these patients. Um, But, um, we have a special guest today uh, that is going to help us with this, uh, um, and um, uh, so, um, uh, Lindsay, why don't you introduce our special guest? <laughs> yes. So, our guest today is nutritionist, Birmingham local, and health enthusiast, as well as dysautonomia warrior, Tyler Matthews. And I might add that he's quite handsome, too. He's one of the most compassionate and kind human beings on the planet. You never said I was handsome. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Dr. Ringman, you are handsome, but I am biased. Tyler is my better half. Uh So, ladies, he's taken. A little little nepotism here, huh? Yeah, there we go. Um, That's all right. But welcome to the show, Tyler. So glad you're here. Thank you, guys, very much. Dr. McMinn, thank you so much for having me on today. Today. Well, it's, it's my pleasure, man. We're, we're looking forward to your wisdom. I, re- I remember whenever you guys, you know, just started the show, and yeah. uh, Lindsay was so excited about being a part of it, and um, I am so um, excited now that I get to be a part um, of, of this segment. 
Well, it's great to have you, and uh, we're, we're thrilled to hear about your journey, Tyler. Uh, um, you know, uh, nothing like going through it yourself. It makes you learn so much about it, and uh, so we're, we're excited to, for you to share this with our listeners about your personal uh, story and your progression through the illness, uh, 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 to, to your diagnosis and treatment and all that kind of stuff. So uh, please uh, share with us. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, it took so, several months, really. Um, Lindsay and I were, went to multiple specialists um, during the whole process. But really, for me, it, it, it all started in um, November of 2017 um, with really an acute emotional event. Um, and now I understand that this, you know, really singular uh, event is the straw that broke the camel's back, if you will, um, in terms of cumulative inflammatory injuries that put my system into an autonomic crisis and uh, really a dysregulated state, it seemed. And I'll just kind of time out there and just take a moment so we can talk about what what do you mean by autonomic crisis and what dysautonomia really is. Yeah, dysautonomia is really uh, one of those um, umbrella diagnoses, uh, and uh, we can describe several different uh, medical conditions that cause malfunction to the autonomic nervous system. The autonomic nervous system is a part of the nervous system that helps to regulate most everything that goes on in your body that's sort of automatic. Right. And there's two branches of it. We have the parasympathetic and the sympathetic. And people might know that as the rest, digest, and the fight-flight responses. Um, so examples of things that, that, that are regulated by those responses are digestion, for example, your saliva production or peristalsis, um, your adrenaline response to things, pupil dilation and constriction, blood pressure regulation, heart rate regulation. So a lot of different things. So thanks, Lindsay. Uh, and yeah, so patients uh, living with uh, various forms of dysautonomy have uh, trouble uh, regulating these symptoms, uh, which can result in a wide variety of symptoms, uh, to name a few things like lightheadedness, fainting, um, unstable blood pressure, uh, abnormal heart rate, uh, malfunction in, in severe cases, and even uh, death. Uh, and it, it's interesting. I think these uh, patients it, it can really have a kind of a psychosocial uh, aspect as well. Some of these patients become socially isolated because uh, they, some of them are homebound. They can't get out. They're fe- uh, fear of, uh, uh, of fainting, uh, right. uh, fear of being lightheaded, fear of uh, having to uh, find themselves in a, in a situation where they're going to be standing up and they know that they're going to get lightheaded and dizzy. And uh, I had a patient recently who had dysautonomia and she uh, was a young girl. She had no friends because her friends didn't want to hang out with her because they thought she was weird or thought she had all these uh, sensitivities. And uh, it was really tragic. And so, uh, yeah, I think this, uh, uh, for many people, can have a real sort of psychosocial uh, aspect as well. Uh, so anyway, well, uh, Tyler, we're, we're excited to hear more about your personal experience. And uh, so what symptoms did you have initially? Well, yeah, you know, really, Dr. Mack, all those things that you just mentioned, you know, uh, aside from the death, thank goodness. Um, but, uh, you know, I definitely experienced. Um, but just to kind of you know, go over it a little bit more here. Um, so after that very, you know, stressful event that I I mentioned, you know, in in November of 2017, it was actually my mom who was, um, hospitalized. Um, but you know, everything was, was fine, um, during that, um, or is fine now, I should say, you know, I had, I started having chest pain that, that evening and, um, Lindsay and I, you know, was, you know, did her nursing duties. I was like, have you, have you had water today? And I thought, well, I don't think I've drank anything today. So maybe that's it. So I just, you know. Um, drank a bunch of water and, um, you know, kind of went to bed and thought that that was, that was the ticket, right? Um, but, you know, the ne- in the next few days, you know, the, the chest pain just, you know, really persisted. Um, I felt really panicky for no 
um, real reason, and that's just not me. It's not my You're character. You're not a panicky kind of guy. No, so I'm very cool, cool collected. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so, you know, so we followed through with an ER visit, you know, and then on to cardiology. Um, everything was normal. All the results were no- normal. So cardio, um, cardiology referred me to GI, and GI said it's probably reflux. What, what um, kind of GI symptoms were you having? Yeah, I mean, I had um, bloating was was severe and also um, major pain. You know, mm-hmm. just after I ate, um, just like really sharp acute pain, and so um, just really didn't know you know what what was going on there. Um, and actually, during this time as well, I think. Um, I had a little bit of, you know, again, that chest pain. Yeah. And so he thought maybe, you know, that was just like that. Like a uh, reflux. Like a reflux type, type reaction. Yeah. Any, any actual diarrhea constipation? That kind of I did, you know, I did. Uh, I think it, it progressed into that mm-hmm. um, for sure. You had a lot of diarrhea. Yeah, absolutely. Significant weight loss with that mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So, so at this time it was mid-December. And, um, um, you know, my symptoms had grown, again, from that just that chest pain to lightheadedness, dizziness, severe fatigue, like you were saying, diarrhea. Um, I really had trouble being vertical at all. I found myself really incapacitated almost and um, unable to work or do more than anything than, you know, I guess what my dad would say is just be a bump on a pickle and lay on, lay on the couch all day, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know. My dad used to call me that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, well, he didn't call me that during this during uh, this, this bout, which is good because I think I would have just Talk cropped. about psychosocial. Yeah, I'd have been no, no. I, 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 I gotta, I gotta say, I'm just teasing. My dad's a great guy. I oh, can't, no. I, I can't let that rest. I, 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 <laughs> oh, absolutely, mine is too. But I did have my lazy, lazy moments. I must admit, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Um, so yeah, you know, again, I had that uh, major ab- abdominal pain, and I started losing a lot of weight right because of that, because of that diarrhea and and vomiting actually as well. Anytime I ate, I lost um, twenty five pounds in about a month and a half actually. Um, oh, wow. And um, at this point, you know, that was really scary. And you, <laughs> yeah. you, you weren't obese to start with. Were you? Oh no, I, I wasn't. I weighed one hundred and seventy five pounds. So that was a uh, you know a month and a half losing that much weight was kind of scary um and you know at this point dr mac you know you you definitely came in and was you know i i I sought your advice and um we did a full functional workup Mm -hmm. like stool testing you know parasite Mm -hmm. testing viral panels the full blood workup including hormones and of this you know we found positive results on um, ebv or epstein-barr virus um and the tool and the stool um testing showed uh poor microbial diversity so at this point, um, you know, we swapped over to an elemental diet at your recommendation, which was uh, a real game, game changer. Yeah, that was really important. Well, I think we should talk about elemental diets, yeah, too. Yeah, I mean, looking back on that, that was um, a real turning point for you because, I mean, nothing else was working. You're losing all this weight. You're getting no nutrition. And I think that uh, we had to just get back to basics. Elemental is kind of an aggressive approach, but uh, um, uh, I think in people like you who are just really circling the drain, uh, it can be a real lifesaver. And I think in this case it was. Right. Um, and we, we use the elemental diet a fair amount here at the clinic. Um, we do it for different circumstances. Maybe, Dr. Whitman, you can speak to some of the ones that we use it for. Yeah, and, and by the way, let's uh, um, back up and talk about what is the elemental diet yes, a little bit. Uh, uh, sure. You know, there, there are 
there are different types of diets people can do. And when you want to uh, change your diet, that there, there are really two approaches in my mind. You can start where you are and start taking things away. For most of us, the f- first thing to take away is going to be gluten, right? Uh, I think the other top ones will be dairy, sugar. Uh, that's kind of the trifecta. Beyond mm-hmm. that, you right, know, corn, right. soy, and that kind of stuff. So anyway, you can start where you are, take things away. Or for people who are really sick, uh, I think you have to maybe get down to some baseline diet. And options there would be things like the low FODMAP diet. That's one of our favorites, so we've seen great results with that. Uh, you know, paleo diet, autoimmune paleo, uh, SCD diet, which is a specific carbohydrate diet. Uh, lots of different options there uh, as far as just a good baseline diet. And then once you get to your baseline, then you can start adding things back. Once you kind of uh, stabilize, everything gets better. You know, one by one, you can sort of experiment and add things back. And at the end of the day, what you want is the, the Lindsay diet or the Tyler diet, you know, what works for you. That's the goal. We don't want it to be any more limiting than it has to be. But for people who are really sick, um, uh, the the most baseline of all diets is the elemental diet. It's it's kind of like a, um, a TPN in powder form. Let me explain what TPN is. If you ever uh, go to the hospital and you some, see somebody lying there with a, a bag of n- nutrients uh, uh, being dripped into their veins, that's called a, a TPN. It's total parenteral nutrition. And so um, basically, elemental diet is kind of like TPN in powder form. So it's, it's complete nutrition in powder form. You can mix it with water. And, and it has, here's, the, here's the key. It has no intact proteins. Every, all your proteins are broken down into their amino acids. So there's, there's nothing there that can cause an immune response. It's rapidly absorbed in the upper GI tract, so it doesn't get down in the colon, doesn't cause any kind of the irritation or inflammation in the colon, and yet it gives you complete nutrition. And so uh, it's a great way, kind of a bridge, to sort of get you to a more stable place uh, uh, stop the weight loss, uh, uh, give your body the nutrients it needs so it can uh, uh, be healthy. And then from there, you can sort of gradually advance your diet. Uh, I did it one time myself for quite a, quite a while, and I think it really uh, helped turn my situation around. Uh, so anyway, uh, that was something we did with, uh, with you, Tyler, and, and yeah, it seemed to really uh, uh, to, to stop, the, stop the slide there for you. Um, so uh, anyway, um, 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 other things we use it for would be things like uh, SIBO, which is a small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, uh, malnutrition, severe allergies, diarrhea, IBD. IBD is inflammatory bowel disease, which would be things like uh, Crohn's and ulcerative colitis uh, and, uh, and many other circumstances. But uh, all, bottom line, Tyler, I'm glad it helped you. And, um, uh, and you know, I've had uh, some bouts of dysautonomia myself, and, um, uh, and I've also had my own experiences with the elemental diet, and it helped me tremendously. And so uh, uh, where did you go from there, Tyler, after the elemental diet? Yeah, well, you know, well, we still really didn't know what was going on, what was causing this. So, you know, we didn't know it was dysautonomia. That's at that right. Point. We didn't have that labeling. Ex- exactly. Um, you know, the, the physician appointments were, were stacking up and, um, you know, we saw neurology um, as well without any further recommendations. Um, you know, most commonly the answer was uh, here are some benzos. And um, yeah, you also saw primary care. That's right. And, and I think everybody kind of told you it's just stress, right? That's right. It's stress. Exactly. So benzos, you know, to help calm your stress. Here's Lexapro, um, you know, uh, so for that exactly as well. Exactly how did you come up with the, or the, you or they come up with the diagnosis of uh, dysautonomia with you? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it was just kind of, you know, scour- scouring the internet and typing in all my symptoms and then, you know, conferring with you as well. And we thought, you know, maybe it might be dysautonomia. So, you know, we booked our appointment with the only dysautonomia clinic here in Birmingham um, at the time. Um, and there they performed a, um, a tilt table test. And I was 
I guess what you would call positive for the tilt table test. Because, however, it was uh, not a positive no, experience. <laughs> no, not at all. I don't think I will ever in my life get back on one of those tables um, unless I absolutely have to. So, so yeah, that's kind of how um, I was for you. But for there's me, other ways to test for autonomic function. That we've since then come Doesn't to understand. Dr. Nemchuk do like some heart rate variability type? Yes, type studies, exactly. Right? He has yeah. a machine. I think it's called the Ansar machine. Yeah, um, and I definitely would recommend that machine um, if you can, if that's available. Yeah, there. and I, I don't know that you have to do all that really to come up with the diagnosis. I think uh, you know, looking at sort of the constellation of symptoms and stuff like that. I mean, I never had a telltale test, but you know, clearly looking back on my situation with my POTS, I had POTS. We never really delved into that. It's a postural orthostatic uh, tachycardia syndrome. Is a type uh, of dysautonomia. It's, it's one mm-hmm. expression of dysautonomia, right, right, right. Uh, and in my my situation, uh, every time I found myself just uh, standing in the hall talking to somebody, like if Ben walked up and wanted to have a discussion, uh, I I'd feel like, uh, uh, gee, I better go sit down or I'm gonna pass out. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it was almost always in a um, standing situation. I, I remember one time uh, um, I was actually sitting and I felt dizzy, uh, but it was in a situation where it was very crowded and hectic, and I think there was some. I think sometimes people can have certain. Triggers of it, uh, and uh, I know sometimes trigger can be just a, a stressful, anxious, uh, um, crowded situation. That was one of my triggers, and uh, but but yeah, uh, I, I guess uh, I'm just saying I don't think everybody needs a tilt table test to come up with a diagnosis. Yeah, yeah. that's and that's great because yeah, um, I don't. <laughs> he's he's sworn <laughs> he's since then he will yes, never. No. I'm over here sweating think, thinking about the tilt table <laughs> test, um, but that was definitely my experience as well. You know, I you know anytime I would you know get around a lot of people, you know, it, um, didn't have to be a lot of people, just a few people. I would kind of you know have this dizziness kind of come over me, uh, you know, as well. Um, But I do think it's helpful to have a diagnosis because otherwise, um, you know, uh, uh, people go through life and they just said, well, I'm weak and dizzy and and, and blah, blah, blah. And people say, well, what's wrong with you? Well, I don't know. Uh, It's nice to say I have you know, a, a disease. I have dysautonomia. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, I, I, I swear I would rather have a broken arm than have dysautonomia because you can show people a picture of your x-ray. Right? Yeah, they call yeah, it the yeah, invisible yeah, illness. Yeah, 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 they right. really do. And, 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 and so uh, it, uh, it, I think it is helpful to have a label. Uh, um, uh, not that that's the end of the story. From there, you, you have to then do all these things like Tyler did then to, to get better. But it is helpful to have a diagnosis, yeah. So Tyler, why don't you tell them about what we did once you got that diagnosis? So, uh, you know, I did, what I did was some, some, some mind body connection because they were like, Hey, it's stress, but I'm thinking, you know, I'm not stressed out, but Hey, I know that there's this mind body connection. So let's, you know, let's, let's, let's give that a go and, and, and really concentrate on that. Um, so I did some serious work on it. Really. Um, I found what was called the limbic system retraining program, um, which was a huge step in, in my recovery process. Um, and, as, and as well, Linz and I went on a, uh, a low histamine diet um, because... You kind of progressed from yeah. that elemental to the low histamine. Yeah. So, so why did you pick low histamine? Well, you know, low histamine just because I was really... I seemed to have a reaction to almost everything I ate. You know, I would sneeze and, um, you know, my eyes would start watering or... Your skin you know, was really My skin itchy. was very itchy. So, it, so I was like, you know, 
histamine's got to, something's going on there. We, you know, let's go on this low histamine diet and see, see if we can't um, get this under control somewhat. While we're on that subject, uh, it seems like, from my reading, um, there may be a connection between this whole dysautonomia thing and this thing called mast cell activation syndrome. Uh, um, you, some people call it mast cell activation disease. Uh, but it's really interesting. Um, uh, these mast cells are a type of cells that are just like, I, I, I look at them as kind of bags of histamine, you know, um, and uh, they're just, uh, and, and when they uh, lice or explode, then it just releases just tons of histamine all throughout your system. And uh, I think that that can then really worsen this whole inflammatory response. So anything you can do to sort of calm down that histamine response can be very helpful with lots of things, but including um, the, this condition that you had, dysautonomia. So um, start with a low histamine diet, mm-hmm. uh, but there are a lot of other things you can do as well to calm down that uh, histamine response, which I think uh, for some people can be a real turning point in this whole dysautonomia issue. Yes, right. definitely. Yeah. The mast cell activation is huge. Yeah. I know we yeah. did kind of a lot. You just Google Scholar that mast cell activation yeah. POTS, mast cell activation yeah. dysautonomia, right. and there's and just a lot right. in the literature. Right. Yeah, it's, it's a ton in the literature on, on that, um, for sure. Um, but, you know, your symptoms were adding up, and I think a lot of that was just this massive immune response, to your point, Dr. Whitman, and um, really, there were, you were having brain fog, Tyler, vision changes even, you weren't able to leave the house by yourself, um, panic attacks, lightheadedness, dizziness, that continued, you weren't able to work, really, for, for over six months, and it was just a really dark time, and I say that not to be dramatic, but just to let our listeners know out there, there might be a, several of you out there that are in similar circumstances, and one of the reasons the, the McMinn Clinic is here, and one of the reasons we have this podcast is to um, broadcast hope, um, and, and that's, what we, that's what we want to do here as well. Oh, by the way, we uh, just took a, a, a little mini break, and we were talking about what Tyler and Lindsay are drinking. So, what is that stuff you guys are drinking? It looks like chocolate milk or something like that. Uh, is it? Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, we, we like to call it our our um, special chocolate milk. So it's got a lot of nice uh, adaptogens and herbs in it uh, as well. To to some superfoods for, for this morning to get us get us rolling. When I was working in the hospital, a lot of people thought it was a stool sample sitting on the <laughs> yeah, desk. Right, so, right. you know, just to kind of, for our listeners who can't see what it looks like, now you have yeah. a visual. Imagine. We'll, we'll have to uh, take a picture and uh, <laughs> yeah. put it up on the web, website then. So, uh, so anyway, well, you know, uh, it reminds me, like, uh, I'm a pretty good eater. Uh, I try to practice what I preach on a scale of 1 to 10. I'm maybe like uh, 8.5. But Lindsay's like, uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, Lindsay's like a 12. Yeah. You know, she puts me to shame. Very generous. And my wife um, always gives me grief, like, uh, on the weekend, if I cheat and eat something, she says, I'm going to tell Lindsay. <laughs> so, so anyway, yeah, Lindsay, uh, and, and of course, Tyler as well. Uh, and that's, that's, that's part of the whole conundrum here. You know, Tyler was such a healthy guy. You know, he was a, you know, just a strong, strong as an ox and just a really a hardworking, healthy guy. And then to, to go from that to where he was, just basically homebound and debilitated, uh, was quite a, um, um, a paradigm shift for right. him. You know? But in my experience, you know, Tyler, we alluded to that whole mind-body uh, connection. I'll call it the mind-body-spirit connection if you don't 
mind. Uh, and um, uh, you were sharing about that, and it really cannot be underestimated. Uh, I remember one of the best books I ever read on that was uh, a guy named Bruce Lipton, uh, Dr. Bruce Lipton. Uh, he um, uh, wrote this great book called The Biology of Belief. He's a cell biologist, and um, uh, uh, he talks about how your thoughts, your moods, your emotions affect you at the cell level, and I think it's pretty good darn science behind it. So uh, I would uh, highly recommend that book to anybody. Um, uh, but your body kind of eavesdrops on what you think and what your brain has the power to change your body. So uh, um, if you don't believe me, just think about what happens when you, for instance, go on stage to give a speech and you have butterflies in your stomach, or how uh, when you watch a scary movie and your heart races. Uh, so how about stress? Statistically speaking, stress is a major factor in about 75% of doctor visits. Uh, also, uh, we find that uh, um, uh, you have an increased risk of heart attacks on Monday mornings. Why? Because of all the stress of going back to work. Uh, and these all, all point to what we call the mind-body spirit connection. Yes. Um, so Tyler, tell you, you talked about a limbic system retraining. Tell us what that is and what was your experience? Yeah, ab- absolutely. You know, uh, I think Dr. Matt could probably speak, you know, a, a lot on, on what the limbic system is, but you know, from, from my, uh, from, from my perspective, you know, just at a, at a more basic level here, what we're talking about is the primitive brain or that reptilian brain, if you will. Um, and the limbic system retraining is a program of basically how your limbic system operates. So my brain was stuck in a rut, if you will, um, so to speak, and um, it was constantly sending my body to these false signals. So, for example, um, I would just be in high alert all the time, it seemed like. So all, I just always have these adrenaline surges. I like to tell Lens, like, you know, I felt like I was on a shake plate, but my body wasn't shaking, but my insides were shaking, um, you know, and these panic attacks would just come on for no reasons at all. Um, and so, so yeah, so the limbic system retraining basically works first by, um, you know, consciously working through specific, um, meditation and visualization exercises to try and create these new associations in our brain, um, that will also fire, um, um, and signal differently really in the body, um, in in what as well. Um, so it's like your brain gets firing these same pathways over and over again so you're trying to pattern interrupt it and train it to fire a different way that's right be you know be calm basically and Mm -hmm. be you know have that stress kind of you know um under control if you will and not you know have a door close and we have a panic attack you know from adrenaline surges um so so yeah you know I, i would spend i spent some some major time in this so really about two to four hours a day i would say um at least um no i couldn't really do anything else so it's like i gotta i gotta you know focus on, on, on this healing. Um, and so, you know, while I was doing this, um, you know, I would, I would just be doing it throughout the day, you know, so it'd just be walking or, you know, as I was on the couch, um, you know, doing nothing. (laughs) Um, Tell me exactly what that entails, uh, Tyler. How do you, how do you do it? Yeah, sure. Sure. So what I would do is, you know, I would just, you know, start and let's say I'd have like, you know, I'd have these adrenaline surges that would be going on and, um, you know, I would, I would acknowledge the fact that this was going on and say, you know, say, you know, say no, no, no. Like, you know, I'm stopping this, but I'm acknowledging it. Um, and then I would basically go through this program where I would say, you know, I'd put myself in, in a position you where. You literally say this out loud. Yeah. And I would speak to myself out loud, you know, and, and I would and put myself in the, and I would say basically, you know, I am, you know, healthy, strong, enthusiastic, and I love life. Right. You know, even though I am going through. What you're physically physically right moment. now was is, is was quite you know hell you know but I was um, you know would say that I am these things and then I would you know kind of progress and move on into a visualization of something that in my past had been really awesome 
you know, so I kind of like visualize and speak out out loud um, what I was experiencing um, as I was experiencing it in that specific moment. Like, so, for example, I know one of the memories you used was when we got married. That's right. And just that powerful experience. And you would literally, the program taught you to just act like you were in that moment, physically feel it. What did it smell like? What did it feel mm-hmm. like in your body? Exactly. Um, who was there? Like it, just all your senses engaging it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes like even just thinking about that memory makes me smile. Yeah, you know, exactly. Even in that moment, it elicits that physical response for me. So you were really working on being in that moment and that was stacking on top of that moment when you were symptomatic. So it was trying to make that association in your brain different. That's right. Exactly. So I would, so again, I would, I would do like a memory from the past and then I'd also make something up a memory, you know, that I would want to happen in the future, you know, like for instance, you know, uh, whenever we first would see our child being born, like what the child would, uh, you know, smell like, look like, and, um, you know, feel like, and, and just all the, the, emotions that would you know surround that specific type of moment did you ever uh, have a like a counselor or a therapist or did you do any journaling along the way to to help you through yeah this? i did i did some journaling um you know i didn't really do too much um counseling other than you know speaking close close yeah Lindsay. speaking with with Lindsay and, and my family other family members um you know um we we had a very specific way that we like to to talk and think about the 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 illness and so um you know, I think it was really beneficial for us to, you know, basically you know, speak to one another in a way that we wanted to speak to one another. So, for instance, like, you know, instead of asking how was my day, you know, we would reframe our questions of, hey, tell me something good about today, you know. And so that was really good of like, you know, because asking me how my day was, well, my day sucked, you know. Yeah, right. it's, it's like I my day was terrible. I mean, but I can I can pick out some good things and that's the things I need to focus on is, you know, I, I got outside for a little bit today. I saw a really beautiful bird, you know, something of that nature. Right. And, and that was because of some of the reading that you've done in the literature, especially with limbic system retraining was talking about not reinforcing symptoms mm-hmm. and not just constantly body scanning and looking for what was wrong, mm-hmm. but trying to focus on recovery. Speaking of birds, Tyler is quite the bird photographer these days. Uh, thanks, thanks to Dr. Mack. You know, if you don't know that, Dr. Mack is an awesome uh, photographer and a bird photographer. And actually, I, I got your one. inspiration. Yeah, yeah my yeah, inspiration yeah. for sure. I'll have to show you my, my great birds I shot in Panama recently. I got They're some really beautiful, good ones. Yeah. so colorful. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, where were we here? Um, so. Todd, what was the most, sort of most instrumental uh, thing in your recovery uh, to, to help you get to where you are today? Well, you know, it really it started with addressing inflammation, I feel like, you know, and really a specific protocol and addressing SIBO really, mm-hmm. I feel like, is the, is the number one thing that um, that really catal- like was the big catalyst that, that kind of got me over the hump, if you will. Yeah. So SIBO, S-I-B-O, SIBO, SIBO, it's connected with inflammation. Dr. McMinn, let's talk about that topic. Yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, I have a confession, you know, when I was in medical school many years ago, gosh, we never heard about that. I think it's sort of just recently emerged in the last maybe five, ten years. Uh, it stands for Small Intestinal Bacterial Overgrowth, uh, S-I-B-O. And, um, you know, uh, some of our listeners may be familiar with it from our previous podcasts, uh, but uh, uh, we feel that the gut is the holy grail of disease and health. So it's not hard to understand why the gut could be a 
pivotal factor in our health and well-being as it was for you, Tyler. And uh, so SIBO is when the bacteria from the large intestine have, uh, which, by the way, the large intestine should be just teeming with just uh, trillions of bacteria. Uh, but the small intestine should be relatively, not really sterile, but uh, 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 but uh, shouldn't have nearly as much. But what happens is uh, um, uh, bacteria, they migrate from the large intestine upward to the small intestine. Um, and uh, so you get this overpopulation there. It contributes to uh, inflammation, this whole kind of cascade of leaky gut. And once that leaky gut sets in, it can have a systemic in- inflammatory effect. Um, and important to note that if you... Um, once this uh, sets in and you have the systemic inflammation, uh, um, if you don't fix the SIBO and you have the leaky gut, no matter how careful your diet is, we often see that patients will not see significant improvement without addressing these underlying issues of inflammation. And that was so true with yes, you, Tyler. Absolutely. Once we started on some of the mega anti-inflammatory supplements and Dr. McMinn, you addressed Tyler's SIBO, he started seeing significant recovery with his dysautonomia symptoms, like within two or three weeks. And it really felt like a miracle. We were holding our breath. And as we're going through this, uh, I I think it's important to realize, you know, this Back to my little pyramid of wellness. I think you know th- this whole thing that Tyler was doing was really a pyramid. It's it's about mind body. It's about diet. It's about um, it, it's about gut health. I mean, just it's kind of there. There's no one pill or whatever for this condition of dysautonomy. You have to deal with all the fundamentals on the pyramid. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know, and once I kind of you know started this this uh, approach of you know taking care of the SIBO, I started really just, Lindsay and I both really started scouring the, li- the literature and research out there and found some, you know, multiple supporting studies for this approach, actually. And basically all we just did was go to Google Scholar, you know, and, and, and start looking. Um, and so, for example, we found one uh, by a Scandinavian gastroenterology journal, and it found a significant correlation with leaky gut and SIBO via LPS, or lipopolysaccharide, um, and another study by um, Frontier Neuroscience Journal found that uh, luteolin, actually, a flavonoid in olive oil, one of my big anti-inflammatories um, that I started taking, was linked to, you know, uh, decreased brain fog. And I definitely saw this. Um, you know, I had trouble carrying on conversations um, a lot of times, and this helped, you know, tremendously. Um, and um, so, yeah, so, you know, what also, you know, was interesting that started to disappear for me was my eczema, you know, and my eczema was, a, had a, I had a lifelong battle with eczema ever since I, I can remember as, as a little, a little child. I thought we were talking about dysautonomia. How's eczema connected to Yeah, well, if you think about it, you know, it's, if, you know, it's just always this underlying inflammatory, you know, type of um, um, symptom or, or, or um, condition there. So, you know, um, you know, and thought, you know, this is fascinating for me because as a nutritionist, you know, my diet was on point for so many, you know, for, for probably for the past 10 years, right? Um, ever since uh, I, I got into nutrition and dietetics at, at Sanford here at university, um, you know, and, um, you know, I really just saw the eczema almost completely resolve over the course of about a month, which was, you know, all that redness went away and uh, which was, which is a really awesome sign, obviously, right? Because red, redness going down, just lowering that inflammation, um, which was just really cool to see. Um, so, yeah, so if you're listeners, you know, if you guys are out there and, um, 
um, you, you can see that that link as well between eczema and SIBO. All you got to do is just, you SIBO know. SIBO rosacea. There's yeah. a SIBO skin connection. connection. for sure. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I mean, I, I talk about this uh, kind of stuff all the time with my patients. Uh, I, I, I say there's a gut-everything connection. Mm. Um, yeah. um, and, and, you know, it's really kind of... Um, challenging for me as a provider because uh, so many of my patients have been to all these other doctors for their condition like for instance in this case uh, eczema or some skin condition and they they get on creams and lotions and salves and and pills and steroids but nobody ever mentions their gut or their microbiome and it's really kind of frustrating uh, because i mean as you're saying totter the science is there uh, uh, it's unequivocal uh, and and uh, uh, a lot of times these patients when you get them in and you work on them on gut you change their diet it's magical uh, now i'm not saying that happens in every patient these uh, conditions can be quite challenging but so many times we just see excellent outcomes i could think of uh, this patient recently we saw had horrible skin rash uh, uh, and no matter what she tried and we put her on a cyber protocol changed her diet and she had an excellent result and uh, um and so there's a lot to be said on this topic maybe we'll have to circle back around sometimes uh, Lindsay, and, and talk about the gut skin connection I, uh, right <clears throat> uh, and so to come back to summarize your story tyler you really started to see recovery with the limbic system reach training work you were doing, but the most pivotal item was really that anti-inflammatory work that you did through diet, supplements, and then through the gut health work, especially the SIBO. So what we're, what you're saying here is there's a huge connection between inflammation and dysautonomia in your experience. And the, absolutely. If that's if, if, you know, the take-home point, the, the one thing that I would say um, as far as my story goes um, is you, you need, you know, is getting that inflammation under control um, is, uh, was just, you know, was crucial and not just through, you know, diet, but, um, because, you know, I'd done that, you know, or at least I thought I had done that. Right. Because, um, you know, that's, that's been my, my number one thing for the past 10 years is diet, 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 make sure everything was just right. Um, you know, and that's why really this, the, this disease was so challenging for us, and especially as just as a, you know, as a, as a couple here, it's like racking our brains about, you know, what are we doing? How, how are, how are we going to, you know, going to heal? Like, uh, you know, the, my diet's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and know? even our inflammatory markers looked good. Yeah, you know, we do, right. drew the CRP and homocysteine and ESR and all those numbers looked good. Yeah. And, you know, my family members and, and friends would say, you know, you guys are the most healthy people we know. How, how can you, how can you be sick? You know, and, um, you know, and, I'm thinking, well, evidently I'm not, and we're missing something somewhere. And, you know, I think they're really the, the answer, you know, what we come to realize is, um, you know, kind of goes back to neuroinflammation, interestingly enough. Um, and so basically this systematic inflammation in the body, in the body over time um, made me su- susceptible to multiple injuries, you know, or inflammatory events like, like my lifelong eczema or Epstein-Barr virus, um, major stressors or, you know, you know, um, concussions, you know, in high school and things of that nature. Malaria in college. Yeah, malaria in college for sure. Um, you know, and so basically just, you know, added, add all these things together, you know, cumulatively, and it just kind of tipped my, my body into this autonomic dysfunction. So, um, so, you know, people out there with dysautonomia feel like their body has just suddenly, suddenly broke. And that's kind of what happens really, at least in my experience, um, you know, your body hits this threshold or limit with inflammatory injury and, um, you know, your body and brain just simply can't recover or repair or even start to, um, you know, heal because this unraveling just continues to keep going and going. 
Um, and you know that leads me to my last point uh, that's so pivotal in my discovery, my 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 recovery, excuse me, uh, which is you know basically just vagus nerve stimulation or neurostimulation, um, actually. Mm-hmm. And the neurostimulation is not really a new concept in medicine, uh, uh, but the device you have been using is a new device, and so uh, we'd like to hear more about that. Uh, vagus nerve stimulation specifically has been used uh, in conventional medicine for uh, for a couple decades, uh, and we actually have uh, some FDA-approved devices uh, uh, for that. But I'd like to hear more about your device. Yeah, well, absolutely. You know, um, you know, Dr. McMahon, you're right. You know, so like um, the vagus nerve stimulation, you know, helps with, you know, Increasing that parasympathetic activity, which is often compromised during uh, dysautonomia, um, it helps kind of decrease that inflammation in the body and increases that neuroplasticity or that ability for your brain to kind of heal and make new connections or repair and fire in new and different ways. Um, you know, we kind of like to say, or at least kind of what I was reading and Lindsay and I were studying on is like, um, you know, the parasympathetic is like this kind of dial on inflammation. It kind of controls that. So we kind of need to, you know, if, uh, what I, what I, what we kind of saw was that, you know, this neuro, this stimulator kind of helped, you know, kind of, um, calm down that inflammation and get everything kind of back into, back right. into balance. So, you know, Dr. Mack, I was very blessed to have you on my team and help nav- navigate, you know, through this whole, um, illness and progression. Your treatment of my SIBO was, was huge. And I was, you know, so blessed to have uh, also another great physician on my team as well, Dr. Dr. Nemechek. Um, so some of your listeners might enjoy reaching some, some of his researching, some of his work, um, as well, um, as he addresses neuroinflammation. So um, my, yeah, so my personal experience with both you and him, um, you know, has really been life-changing. Um, the illness um, for so many is so debilitating and life-altering, and uh, I really count myself blessed um, to be on this side of things, sharing my story really at a 180-degree different um, position than I was a year ago from today. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So let's just give a starter point for some of our listeners out there, Tyler. Yeah, absolutely. It's something that we haven't really even you know talked about, but it definitely goes hand in hand with inflammation here. If, if you you know you're struggling with dysautonomia, I would say the number one thing to start would be getting well hydrated and um, you know overly adequate, really. Um, so in dysautonomia, that the dysregulation of your you know your blood your blood pressure can trigger. Um, all kinds of symptoms, brain fog, dizziness, um, you know, syncope type episodes. And, you know, Dr. McMinn's salt brine was huge and very helpful for alleviating, um, you know, a lot of those symptoms for me um, as I, as I recovered. So I I would definitely um, encourage that salt brine. um, And uh, that's awesome because, you know, hydration is not just always more water. It's a matter of, you know, are the electrolyte ratios and minerals appropriate as Mm -hmm. well. So Mm -hmm. Dr. McMinn, share your secret with us. Sure, Lindsay, be glad to. Uh, You know, I think I learned about it from one of my patients actually years ago. And uh, I started doing it myself. You know, I think I told you, Tyler, I I went through a little bit of dysautonomia myself. And and, uh, and, uh, so that's when I got going with it. And uh, so it's pretty simple, really. Um, uh, You just uh, take a like a mason jar, fill it with about uh, a third full of of a good salt, uh, like Himalayan pink salt or Celtic sea salt, um, and um, you you put that in the, in the rock form, uh, uh, and then you just add water. I fill the jar up usually about to three-fourths full, and leave that overnight, and then the uh, uh, the salt sort of supersaturates the water, uh, and then you simply take some of the liquid out each day. I take usually about maybe a tablespoon out and put it in my smoothie every morning. You could just put it in a glass of, uh, say, water, maybe a tablespoon of uh, salt in about uh, maybe 
four ounces of water and just kind of chug it down, preferably about room temperature water. And, um, and it can really help. Uh, uh, um, over time, uh, as you use more of the water, then uh, you uh, uh, can just add some more salt if you need to to uh, balance the mixture. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, very helpful for me, and I'm glad it was helpful for you as well, uh, Tyler. It's just, just loaded with sort of electrolytes and micronutrients and that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And Dr. Whitman, we've got um, some t- a good toolbox here at the clinic of other things for dysautonomia as well. Do you want to share any of those with our patients or our listeners? Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> in fact, uh, um, uh, biofeedback is one thing I've, I've been interested in over the years, uh, and I've used it myself. And I think we uh, tried that on you a little bit, uh, Tyler. Uh, uh, LDN, which stands for low-dose naltrexone, can be helpful. Uh, um, uh, and, of course, the diet uh, in, in various kind of diets and finding the diet works for you uh, uh, is best. Uh, but certainly, uh, I think uh, the biggies are uh, you know, uh, gluten, uh, sugar, any, any other keys you think on, on diet, Tyler, as far as a, a starting point for diet? Yeah, you know, I think probably, you know, again, that, that hydration key piece is, is, is huge, you know, as, as a part of, of, of what we're consuming on a daily basis. Um, you know, um, you know, just having some, some very mild and easy adaptogens, adaptogens yeah, yeah, could be good. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. something like a holy basil or Tulsi, you know, was really beneficial for me. Um, so, so yeah, and then again, just that low carbohydrate, I think, was was also a, a huge piece. And then the acupuncture can be quite helpful for this, and then of course just a stress reduction. And so those are the some some of the things we turn to for for this condition here. Well, Tyler, thanks for joining us today here in the on our podcast episode. Anything else you want to share? Uh, I have one more question. Oh, By yes. the way, Tyler, was there anything in particular you did for the Epstein Barr virus? You know, nothing, nothing, nothing really, nothing specific that I did yeah, for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. no. Right. Um, gotcha. Which we take a lot of coconut oil yeah. for that. Yeah. And then yeah. that monolaurin can be right. very helpful right. there. Right. right. Um, but that's been a part of your, our yeah. diet for a while. Exactly. Um, and, and you did do some cat's claw for a little while yes, as definitely, well. Yes, definitely. Definitely right. did some cat's Which claw. Which can be a nice antiviral, sure. Exactly. Okay, um, yeah, you know, I think if I had to say, you know, one last thing as well, you know, is for those of you that, that might be experiencing, um, you know, dysautonomia is, you know, there's always hope. There's always hope if you're living and breathing and, um, and just know that and know that, you know, there are a lot of good caring physicians out, out there like Dr. McMinn. Um, and Dr. Nubacheca, and i got to give him a lot of credit yeah, for really helping you reach a turning point with this. yeah absolutely absolutely so you know keep fighting the good fight out there guys and um you know don't give up and if somebody some doctor tells you it's all in your head and it's just stressed and find a new doctor don't give up absolutely right right and so yep listeners we hope you enjoyed the show and gleaned something new um that might inspire you to research further or just help you on your journey. And if you know someone with dysautonomia, please share the link to the show with them. And we'd also invite you or them or friends and family that might be affected by dysautonomia to our free support group held here at the McMinn Clinic monthly on the last Monday of each month. So our next meeting is coming up here in two weeks, February 25th at 6 p.m. Please, we welcome you to come. We would love to have you. Yeah, it's it's a great group. Um, Well, all right. And Dr. Mack, let's flip around. How about a clinical pearl from you well, today? Uh, Coach, I, I usually ask you for one. You're, you're, I know. You're, you're, you're <laughs> Putting you on more the full spot. of wisdom than I am. But, uh, you know, Coach, I've been thinking a lot about this whole mind-body-spirit connection. And, of course, we talked about that earlier in relation to Tyler's uh, situation. But I talk about it every day with my patients because uh, um, it's a big deal. Uh, and so, you know, I encourage folks to really kind of do their what I call soul work uh, to uh, find a better place. Uh, one uh, great way I know uh, 
of, of doing that is journaling. Um, yes. And uh, I actually give out journals. It's a little present I give to my patients. And, and I encourage them to spend some time answering some key questions like, what brings me joy? What gets me down? What are my major stressors? Uh, what are uh, my core beliefs? What's my higher purpose? And what do I have to be grateful for? And then uh, once you kind of spend some time on that, I ask people to kind of purposely move their life in the direction of joy, gratitude, and in line with their uh, core beliefs and their higher purpose. How's that sound, Coach? I love it. Yeah? It's beautiful. Anything, <laughs> anything you, you, you want to add to that? Um no, I think I think those are great. Yeah, okay, I love good, the gratitude okay. one. That's, that's, yeah, that's yeah, one that we yeah. really, really, we do that's every right. night. That's right. And, and, and I think that you can do it in the morning or night or whatever. I, I do it in the morning. I, I, when I wake up in the morning, it's the first thing I do is, is to think about what I'm grateful for. So, um, so anyway, I guess I'm... Uh, I've always thought of myself more of a night guy, but maybe I am a morning guy. <laughs> yeah, there's that so, morning, uh, so, morning ritual. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, uh, that'll about do it for day, today's episode. And uh, I want to thank you all for uh, joining us today uh, and hope you got something out of this program. And uh, um, thank you for taking the time to tune in and listen. Uh, we invite your feedback. Uh, please reach out to us at uh, ben, B-E-N, at mcminclinic.com with any suggestions for future topics for the podcast. And also, please check us out on iTunes, leave us a review, and also on Facebook. Additionally, you can find us on our website, www.functionalmedicinepodcast.com. We welcome your reviews and your feedback. It helps get this message out further. Um, And hey, thanks to Ben. He's always our guy behind the curtain making things possible with his technological savvy. Thank you, Ben. And Dr. McMinn, if I might add too, um, Tyler, you've been working on a resource for people. Oh, good. What is it, Tyler? Yeah, absolutely. So we've been working on, uh, Lynn and I actually both have been working on uh, a course on dysautonomia and um, just to kind of educate people out there on dysautonomia and just kind of provide hope. And so, yeah. So Share specifics of your recovery yeah, for people on, wanting to know. Absolutely. Well, how, how can people uh, access that course? Yeah, absolutely. So it's uh, at dysautonomiarecovery.com. Oh, isn't that wonderful? Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm sure you're going to help lots of folks. It'll be a great resource for people. So that, that's very exciting. Yeah. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Well, all right then. Well, that should do it for this time. Uh, until next time, take, take care, care and, and be well. well.